All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today is Stephen Walker. Stephen is one of my favorite people. I'm telling you, this guy is a shed hunting freak. He loves all things outdoors. And he and I first connected. We actually did a podcast together for the Western Rookie. Uh, that led to him inviting me, Brian Krebs, who's now the host of the Western Rookie, and my buddy Chris down to New Mexico to shed hunt with him. He put us on some sheds. You'll hear up to his standards, we didn't find enough, but it was the trip of a lifetime, and I absolutely loved it. Not to mention, towards the end of this show, we start talking about potential plans for an upcoming shed hunt. So let's jump into this episode with Steven. Like, he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And on the show with me, man, my my face already hurts from smiling and laughing so much. One Truly one of my favorite people that I've met through the through podcasting, through social media, through the industry, Stephen Walker. You need to be called like Walker Antler Ranger or something like that. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, how's it going, man? Man, it's going great, Dan. It's good to talk to you again. Yeah, same. Every time every time we chat, I'm just it just brings me back to last season when we came down shed hunting and it's tough to keep up with everybody especially with how busy life is, but it seems like you've had some success even looking at your YouTube page. I see, you know, uh a bonus bonus um cow or like an antelope or a bull and it's all these different seasons and i'm like dude they have so many awesome seasons out there and it makes me jealous every time because i typically only get out to colorado for one hunt a year um so dude how's season been so so man it's been it's been great um uh i had a lot of tags a lot of a lot of opportunity this year uh didn't end up filling as many tags as I wanted to uh, of my own. But, man, we had a great, I mean, it was a great season. So I got my very first pronghorn at the end of August, um, and that was that was awesome. So he's at the taxidermist right now. Nice. Um, so I'm excited to, excited to get him back. And then uh, my son killed a nice bull. Uh, in archery season, called that one in. Um, man, it was just just one of those perfect scenarios. We spotted this bull about eight or nine hundred yards away, and um, I made a couple of cow calls, and I could just tell when he turned that he was coming. Oh, and so uh, <laughs> we we joked around because from where we were standing when we called. Um, we backed up maybe like, uh, I don't know, maybe 40 or 50 yards. And I really believe if I would have just put a mark in the dirt right there where I called from that first time, I literally believe that bull walked across that spot. Oh it is amazing how they just pinpoint that. I've heard and, people uh, talk about that, how they like, even from a long ways off, how they will come exactly to where that calls from and that also blows my mind like when the when they're in there and you've got a caller farther back and the hunter farther forward how the guy in the back will call and for for some reason when they're right there they can't pick you out you know they're like wait where did that exactly come from but from a long ways off it's like you can get them in a 10 by 10 area if you call oh exactly yeah, and, and uh, my son was able to uh, – I think the shot was 17 yards. So <laughs> it was an amazing hunt. Got it on video. It's on the it's on the channel. But, uh, yeah, and then I had a third-season deer hunt. Saw a ton of deer. Um, didn't shoot anything. Had a fourth-season um, elk hunt and saw a bunch of elk. Didn't shoot anything. But went right from that and had – a friend and both of his sons who had late season cow tags and man we had so much fun cow hunting they all three filled their tags oh man that is sweet 
any success out there, I mean, it's funny because like everyone dreams of the big bull, you know, everybody wants a seven by seven, 400 inch bull, but it's like when you're out there chasing animals that size, it doesn't even matter. Like there, <laughs> there was one point this season for me, cause I keep saying like, I want to keep getting better. I want to keep getting a bigger bull, you know, than what I did last time or whatever. Yeah. There was a point this year where I'm sitting there with my buddy, Nick, and I see these two bulls and they're just like little raghorns. And I just wanted to pull the trigger so bad. And they were at like 1300 <laughs> yards. And I was like, there's no way I'm shooting right now, but if they get to like 800, I might drop one of these. And he's like, really? Like coming into this, you kept saying like, dude, you're going to shoot a monster. And I go, yeah, but when I'm out here, everything goes out the window. Like, I'm just excited to be out here. I want meat just as bad as the next guy. And, dude, I will proudly hang a, a shoulder mount or a euro mount of any size elk on my wall. Now, it's a lot more fun. And, I mean, I think the pride takes over when it's like, I mean, I would much rather have like an 8 by 8 but... That four by four is looking pretty tempting <laughs> right now. Hey, I, you know, I think I think for us as hunters, I think one of the things is first of all, we have so much respect for the game that we hunt. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize that, and 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 I think the longer that we hunt, it, it's like the experience and 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 the animal is the trophy, and yeah. and sometimes it's not about. It's not even about, like, I want to kill a giant bull every year. But, man, it, sometimes it's, it's, it, you can have a really tough hunt or whatever it might be, and then you're just, like, you're glad to pull the trigger on a 4x4 four four or whatever yep. it might be. You're oh, just yeah. as happy. Yeah, it's, it's crazy the things, like, everybody thinks, oh, man, these giant bulls, these giant bucks, whatever. Like they're all just trophy hunters going after the biggest. I was talking to my brother yesterday. And so he got his first bull this year and he was telling me that he thinks here, he's bringing one of the ivories up to Wisconsin this next week. We're both going to be up there for some family stuff. And he's like, dude, I'm going to give mom one of the ivories to do something cool with. And I was like, you're what you're giving her an ivory. I'm like, dude, that's, a, that's about as bad as giving up half the rack. You know, like it's those, it, everything <laughs> about it is just like, it reminds yep. you of the hunt. I keep all of, all of my ivories, uh, all of the prime, the, I basically cut off the end of my shells and then punch out the primer and I hook those on all of my, uh, turkey spurs. I've got them all on this lanyard. And so it's like oh, a yeah. bunch of different species, yeah. and a bunch <laughs> of different things that I've hunted, but it's like, I can't carry the antlers around with me. And it's not about showing it off, but it's like when those hang on my rear view mirror and I'm sitting at a light and I just look over and I remember, man, I was with my buddy Drew on that hunt or I was with Chris on this hunt or I was yeah. out West for that. Like I can, I can tell you exactly where I was, where the animal went down, the, the struggle leading up to it, how terrible the pack out was like everything just yep. comes back. And so it's like, it's not even a trophy. If I hang a picture of my wife up in the house, it's not me like, Hey, look at my trophy wife. You know, it's me going, dude, I love her. And it reminds me of that moment. You know, it's yeah. hanging memories up on the wall, not trophies. That's so true, man. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think the longer that I hunt, the more, the more that I really just try to stay in the moment because you know, look after after the season's over, whatever. Like right now, you know, we're kind of seasons are kind of winding up, and you just go back and relive every one of those moments, you know. And that's what makes that's what makes us as hunters that what that's what makes us keep going back year after year and just oh, yeah. chasing that adrenaline, just chasing that memory, you know. Dude, and when you do it with people, like I, I'm a social hunter. There are very few hunts aside from like here locally, I'll go sit in the tree stand by myself, but 95% of what I do, I'm with other people. And that's what I love, you know, sharing oh, that me memory. Too. And even when I go out yeah. to the property, like I have full reign of this property. I can manage the deer however I want. I couldn't, I don't have to let anybody hunt on it, but every single time I know I'm going out, 
I'll hit somebody up and be like, dude, you want to sit in the stand? Like, even if you're 200 yeah. yards from me, I don't care. There's yeah. something about like, dude, what'd you see? Oh, you, dude, you saw a bobcat. You saw a fox, a coyote. You saw a yeah. deer <laughs> all the way across on the neighbors. Like, dude, the camaraderie of it for me trumps almost everything. Now, the meat is pretty good, especially uh, my New Year's resolution. I'm going to see how it goes. I'm going to be doing a, the carnivore diet. I listened to a couple podcasts about it. I've heard about like really, really good things that come from it. And I'm like, yeah. I really want to give it a go and see if it works, you know, see if it does well for my body. If I feel more energized, if I feel stronger, you know, and so I'm going to try it. And so the meat's a huge part of it for me, but oh yeah, the memory dude, when we sit and talk and there's, oh. there's, there's stories that I hear my buddies tell so many times. I, I can remember myself being there, even though I wasn't. I'm like, dude, I remember that. And they're like, you weren't on that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what, man, that's what makes it so special though. You know, um, just, just like our, man, our shed hunt, when you oh. guys came out here, I mean, you know, we, what we end up finding like 27 or something oh, yeah. like that. But, and, and that's not, that's not like a, just a great shed hunt, but bro, that was some great memories. Dude, a that's a time. once in a lifetime shed hunt for 99% of people, 27 sheds. I, what's funny is I almost cut you off when you were like, man, I, I didn't feel as many tags. I'm like, yeah. And I'm sure you didn't find as many sheds you know, every time you, Oh man, it was kind of a slow day. Only found 97 sheds. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh man. We, we did, we ended up over the course of the year. We, uh, I didn't count them this year, but we found, Oh, quite a few. We done all, we done okay. What's your? I mean, are we talking north of four hundred, north of six hundred? No, no. This year, um, so mostly, mostly it was just me. My son was working a lot. Uh, another buddy was working a lot. So it was mostly me. I'm gonna say it was more like in the three hundred range. Three hundred sheds. I just think of but ten. When you find seven. When you find seven thirty, a, a couple of few years ago, you know you kind of anything below that it seems <laughs> like you didn't cross. <laughs> oh my gosh! I just think about that and I go, okay, so three hundred plus sheds. That's twelve, eleven, twelve of those trips that I went on with the same outcome. You know, yeah, in my mind, yeah. I'm like, I can't even imagine. Looking back, I'm like, man, I want to go back out. I want to come back out and shed hunt. And if we walked away with the same amount of sheds, I would just be over the moon. And I remember <laughs> you apologized so many times. You're like, guys, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm like, dude, we've got brown sheds. We've got hard white sheds. We've got chalks. When I see a white and pink shed, I get excited. And you're like, oh, this wasn't what I thought it would be. And I'm like, dude, this is more than what I was expecting. Well, now you know what to expect. You know yeah. kind of some of that country. And, uh, man, the thing is, the thing is I've explored some more of that country. And, bro, it is endless. It just, I mean, it just, there's more and more and more of it to go oh, hit, yeah. you know. The numbers of sheds that we found doesn't bother me at all. But what kills me is... I think it was that final day I found the brown that was leaning up against a rock and it was on a bench and it was a very thin or like a thin shell. Yep. The matching side to that kills me when I think about it. I'm like, <laughs> it was there somewhere. It was on that oh, shell right somewhere there. and I walked past it and I know it. And yeah. that's, I'm just like, dude, I got to find it. I got it. Like you find one, you just, it's this, it's the craziest thing. Like people talk about bloodlust with hunting. I get that. Yeah. When you find that shed, you're like, I got to find it. I got to find the other one. Oh, like I will do whatever it, it takes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, so a few days ago, what was it? I think it was like three days after Christmas. It was like the 28th, I think or something. Um, and I got, I had a free day. It's been super just, busy with work and everything but i had a had a free day and i'm like i'm, I'm going so 
I went I went shed hunting and I walked like uh I walked seven miles that day. Just a, really a short trip. But I walked seven miles and I found one a set, uh five by six set. And I was on a really thin bench, kinda like how you found that brown. Yeah. And um I saw this hard white six point go up to it, I'm filming it, you know, I pick it up, whatever, strap it on my backpack. And then I'm like, man, this is a really thin shell. I know the match has to be right here. I literally walked about five feet from my backpack and looked back the way that I came, and the match was laying on the other side of a rock. And when I got to it, I turned and looked at my track, and my track was about five feet from that shed. Oh, and I my couldn't gosh. see it because of a rock. <laughs> Dude, I'm getting like... I mean, I've never been like addicted to any substances, but I'm getting like junky vibes right now just thinking about that. And I'm like, dang oh. it, man, that confirms it. Like I probably walked right past it. And it's crazy. Oh. I mean, like walking with you guys, with you and Chris and Brian, and it's like we were spaced out. And it's like, had yeah. we not had all of us there, we wouldn't have found like we wouldn't have stumbled upon the ones the other guys found. No. You know, there was probably like two or three that because of how the how the shelves kind of came together and ended and turned into one bigger shelf, like yeah. Brian and I probably, either one of us would have found a shed. But right. there's plenty of them where it's like, dude, I would have had to be five feet farther over and look down, and I didn't. And then Brian coming up behind, he did, yeah. and he found it. Yeah, And it's just, it's crazy to me. Like, I want, people have all these, People, I mean, I know it's not going to be a Q&A session when we get to heaven, right? Everyone's like, oh, what are you going to ask God when you get there? I'm like, I don't think he's just going to be taking questions. But right. I'm like, <laughs> they all want these like deep philosophical things like, why do you let bad things happen? I'm like, I want to know how many people we or how many sheds were actually where we hunted. <laughs> how close? How many did it? I walked by. How how many did I walk by? How many people would we have to have to effectively yeah. find every single shed? Like those are the questions I'd like answers to. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a feeling. I got a feeling Jesus would think I was pretty silly because that's that's the kind of stuff I want to know. Too. I'm like, I'll, I'll be like, you know, you remember that one shed hunt? I know that match was right there. How close did I get to it? Yep. <laughs> But then, oh but then, like God. that other one, the the first brown that I found that you found down the mountain. I mean, that was two and a half hours later. You know, yep. we had walked probably a mile and a half because we walked all the way down, and then we crossed the road, right. walked all the way back, then dropped down a couple uh, shelves, and then yep. you're like, "Dude, I think I got it." And so it's like, you know, maybe they're sitting right next to each other. Maybe they're. 700 yards apart is the crow flies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And we found them both ways, you know. I, I've I've thought, too, like uh, uh, when I found that match and and I called you on the radio and you started coming and then you found that yeah. nice hard white six point, I, I was, I, I've wondered, too, what if we would have went around that other, oh, know, man. the other way? Yeah. <laughs> that oh, might have been me. like the honey hole. Trust me, I, dude, that's the problem with the West, man. Like here we're limited, you know, like when, yeah. when I go out, it's like, I can hunt, I can shed hunt my property and I suck at shed hunting, uh, especially for white tails. Like I just don't find them ever. And after, after our trip, I went out and I actually found like my first proper while I'm shed hunting white tail shed. I was so pumped oh, wow. about it, but I'm limited, you know, like I might have 40 acres or sure. 200 acres or 12 acres that I can go and look. And I feel like, oh, I can look this, look over this pretty effectively. But it's like out there, you can just keep going. You can just keep oh, going. Yeah. And it kills you to yeah. think like, should I go up or should I keep going? Because there could be one right here, but there could be one right above me. There could be one right below me. What if I yeah. go back <laughs> the other way? Maybe I'll find more on the way back, you know? Oh, I'm telling you. Dude, it just drives me crazy. The I think uh, Mark Kenyon, I heard him say it's the paralysis of analysis. 
you analyze yeah, all right. these different things and then it's like par- like i don't know what to do i gotta make a decision and yep. just pick a direction all right how many of you guys hate dealing with tangled up rope trying to untie it it's all knotted up and you actually really need it at the time don't raise your hands because i obviously can't see you but those days are long gone Rapid Rope is a quick deploy rope solution that you can pull the length you need and cut it all with one hand. You don't need knives or scissors or a lighter to singe the end because it's cross-threaded to keep it from fraying. Yeah, they've thought of everything. And this is way stronger than your average 550 cord. In fact, this is 1,100 pound test. It comes in a shatterproof canister that you can fit in the cup holder in your vehicle or your backpack or... I don't know if you still wear cargo pants, any one of the thousand pockets that you have. It comes in a 120 foot canister, a 70 foot canister, and you can get a rope refill. So just in a matter of seconds, you could be deploying and cutting rope with one hand again. So if you want to stop dealing with the headache of untying rope and detangling everything, anytime you need to tie something down, go check out rapidrope.com and use code nomadic for 10% off at checkout. Shopping for the perfect gift can be a total pain. Luckily, Vortex makes it easy and has something for everyone. Whether it's a stocking stuffer like a Venom Red Dot or a bigger gift like the Fury Range Finding Binoculars. But my personal pick this year is the Razer HD 13-39 by 56 Spotting Scope. It's compact, I can take it anywhere, and it's at the top of my list. So no matter who you're shopping for, gift giving just got easier when you enter code NOMADIC10 for 10% off your apparel order at eurooptic.com. And now, let's get back to today's show, presented by Vortex. Oh my god. I know, so after you guys, um, after you guys came on one of the trips, um, me and my me and my son and and another uh his his brother-in-law we were hunting and um you don't have those uh some of that country i mean you just look and it's just shelf after shelf and then you you see the bottom way down there and there might be a gas well or two you know scattered or whatever yeah so i was i was like on the very top shelf and uh i I was on my um tripod and i was glassing and I, I started glassing the very bottom, and uh, it's just like some scattered sage and stuff, you know, in the very bottom. So I'm glassing it, and I'm like, man, that that should be a, you know, an antler out there somewhere, bro. It's like a thousand, eleven hundred yards away. I'm I'm glad I have my quarrels because I couldn't even see nothing. Yeah. But I I pick out a three point deer shed, a mule deer shed. And I, I, know, I can't even believe that I could see it, you know. Yeah. And I glass all around it, and I'm like, man, okay, whatever. I guess I'm going to go down there and get that stupid shit. I'll just hunt my way down, you know, and then hunt back. Well, I see this one green patch, and it's like, um, you know when they put like a gas line in? They'll yep. plant that green grass on it or whatever. And I thought, bro, there should be like a shed somewhere around that green patch. <laughs> And uh, so I get down to that to that deer shed, and I I pick it up, and I'm like, I'm just going to look. I know I already glassed it. I know I should have been able to see something, you know, but I'm going to look. Yep. Bro, I walked into that green patch, and laying behind one little tree on the edge of the green patch, just where I couldn't see it was a six-point brown elk shed. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. How did I not? see it i looked right here yeah and so and so i look and i'm i'm like okay bro i'm telling you the other one has to be right here i walked about 50 yards in the match was laying there oh man <laughs> dude I mean, perfect nothing busted oh, couldn't believe is, it that is so sweet like when you there's nothing like it man it's like what I would imagine people feel when they're panning for gold, you know, yeah. and they like find a nugget just Treasure walking hunt. up on something and even glassing them. We, I'm trying to think how many we found. I think we found three or four this year elk hunting and you know, they were all 
I think we had one or two hard whites and then a couple chalks. And, uh, but I'm sitting there glassing and we were struggling hard to find elk this year. And I look and I'm like, dude, there's an elk shed. And my buddy Nick was with, and he was videoing for us. It was me, him and my brother. And he's like, where dude, where is it? And I go, it's, it's right down here. And he goes, I'm going to get it. And I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah, sure. He's like, dude, I've never found an elk shed before. I'm like, well, you still have. And I kind of found that one. But, uh, <laughs> <I> found that. <laughs> he, he starts going down for it. And I told my brother, I said, I guarantee he finds another one. He's going to find another one because the way that this bowl was underneath us, we weren't far from a spot that I glass like 11 sheds one day while I was elk hunting. And I'm like, dude, I guarantee he finds another one. And sure enough, he, he doesn't even make it halfway there. And all of a sudden I see him pop out with an antler in his hand and I'm like, yes, he found another one. And so he found, he got those two and it's like, Dude, everything gets put on hold. It's like what I tell people when I'm hunting. If I see a coyote, it turns into a coyote hunt. If I'm hunting I'm and I see a shed, it turns <laughs> into going and picking up that shed. You know? For sure. For sure, man. Oh, my gosh. You know, and I won't, man, I would love to take uh, take you to Arizona because the, the thing, which New Mexico is my favorite. That, that's my favorite just because of the numbers you're going to find you're going to end up if you'll just stay with it you'll you'll find a number in new mexico because there's so many else yeah but but there's another element when you go to arizona because the whole time you're shed hunting it's in the back of your mind like any minute i could walk up on the biggest shed of my life and it just puts you in this hole. And, and even though I haven't done that yet, like I haven't found like that, that giant, giant in Arizona, I have found like sheds that I would have never found over here, just like unique, something unique or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like the whole time you were on, you know, you're just on pins and needles because it's, it's just the next level, you know. And the guys that I know over there – um, like I, I know, like my antler buyer, several of those guys that I've got to be friends with over there, they'll tell me stories like, uh, you know, oh man, I glassed this shed up, but it was across this nasty canyon and it was on a cliff and and it was so bad I didn't even go over there and get it, but you know, it was uh, it was in that 380 range and I'm oh like, my oh my gosh, God, I'd repel, I would repel yeah. off of a cliff to get that you know i would hook a grappling hook to a drone i would go and buy the best drone imaginable yeah oh, like dude God. there's there's not much i wouldn't do for something like that you know like to just either. go over and look that's different you know because right. like you don't know it's there but when you can clearly see one oh dude you better believe i'm going oh, i know i know it, it's uh it's so it's a different element so I'm I'm uh I'd love to take take you over there. Maybe we can make it happen this year. Who knows? Hey, I'd be I'd be so down for that. You just say when, and I'll break the news <laughs> of Sam. Luckily, she's done with her shots after tonight. Baby's not due until July, so it's like hopefully I get. And I've canceled a couple trips already this year, so I feel like. I might need to. You got a little room to do a little. I might something, need to cash know? in. I've been I've been doing pretty good <laughs> around here. Okay, I I got to tell you though, it's funny. We went so we went and stayed the night at Chris's house. Uh, we're all good friends. Our kids are friends. Sam and his wife are friends, and so we went over there for New Year's. And I brought I bought a new side by side this year, and so. We brought that over. He actually just bought one. We, I'm going with him to pick it up tomorrow. And so we're both going to have oh, side-by-sides, and we're going to start hitting the trails. Um, but I was pretty disappointed in him because I went inside, and I went down. We stay in their guest bedroom downstairs, and I look over, and what do I see on his mantle? This big, beautiful wow. brown elk shed. And I'm like, 
yeah, buddy, that is awesome. Well, a little while later, we went out in the garage and tucked behind something up on top of a <laughs> shelf is, is the one that he found. Yeah. Yeah. For real. I'm like, dude, really, man, you, even in my video, I've got video evidence that says you were going to proudly hang this on your mantle, not tuck behind <laughs> oh, some old man. gas can on a shelf in the garage. Oh my God. That <laughs> you, is hilarious. Hey, you need to, you need to just text him and be like, Hey, Chris, why don't you go ahead and proudly display that shed that you found instead of tucking it in the garage behind something on a shelf? <laughs> and he's going to be like, wait, what the heck? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text him on our group chat and go, hey, Chris, I was just uh, wondering if you'd send me a picture, man. I want to see that. I want to see that shed on your mantle. You said you yeah. going to put it you know, on that mantle. I want to see it. He's gonna he's gonna send you the big brown one, and you'll be like, no, 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 the other one that you found, the one that you sat on the rock yeah. next to. Not the one you bought, the one you found. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, oh man, it was so funny. I I think I was getting out. I was helping the kids with something outside, and I saw it. And I he he didn't come out, and I was gonna bring it up to him, and then I totally forgot about it later. And uh, yeah, talking to you, it made me remember that that was only a couple days ago, but. <laughs> do you uh do you have uh do you set goals for new year's do you ever like do new year's resolutions or anything oh yeah yeah i do um this this year um uh i i mine are more mine are more uh maybe spiritual than physical this year yeah um so uh but but with that being said though you said you're going on the carnivore diet yeah i i I need to do something. Um, I, my deal, bro, is I like drinking Dr. Pepper, and so <laughs> I gave it. I gave it up. Um, but but man, I, I need to do something. I, did you hear? Um, you know who Jordan Peterson is, right? Yeah. Is he the one that you heard talking about the carnivore diet? Him and his no, daughter. No, I didn't. I heard. I don't know if it was the guy who created the carnivore diet, but I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast. And yeah. he had a guy on, I don't remember how old the episode was. I just happened to turn it on and he was talking about it. And he was talking about like, there was a lady who did it, who was 700 pounds. She lost 400 pounds on the carnivore diet. He was talking about all this stuff. And so there was a lot of, it was like on our trip to Florida, right around Christmas that I listened to a bunch of episodes and it was that one. And then I also listened to one about sleep. And how important sleep is. And yeah. the guy said that uh, I think it was one hour difference of sleep can increase your heart attack risk by like 25%. And oh he's like, God. we have a study that proves it. And that is daylight savings. He said heart attacks go up by 25% when we lose an hour of sleep on daylight. Like that one day a year. Heart attacks go up by 25% every time. And I'm like, oh, no way. Yeah. And so after that, I was like, man, I just need to get in better. Like, I want to be in better shape. I want to be more healthy. Yeah. I want to get better sleep. I mean, you know, when when I was young, I felt invincible. And now that I've got kids, man, that's like always in the back of my mind. It's like, dude, I got to yeah. be healthy and I got to be around long term for my kids. So Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, yeah the carnivore diet. I I heard that, well, I think I heard that same podcast uh, uh, on Joe Rogan as well. But I know that um, Jordan Peterson's daughter uh, had like, I mean, from like a teenager, she had like uh, uh, rheumatoid arthritis. And, and they tried all kind of medications and stuff. And the carnivore diet has been the only thing that gave her like long term uh relief dang you know from that and uh yeah but she's like hot bro it's hardcore i'm talking like beef salt water jeez and... <laughs> dude i'm not i'm not sticking with it that tight that's for sure like listen <laughs> oh, I, I love food i 
I'm a, I'm a foodie for sure. But I'm like, I've got a bunch of, Chris actually got me, I think like eight different kinds of beef jerky for Christmas. And he's oh, like, wow. dude, here's your Christmas present. And I mean, it's good stuff. Like cherry maple beef jerky. Uh, like there's uh Korean jerky. There's just regular salt and pepper. I mean, there's just everything. And so I'm like, hey, this is perfect. But I'm not going to be that guy who's like, listen, I don't want to offend somebody by going to their birthday party and not eating cake. Right. You know, like I got to, I got to be mindful of other people's feelings. <laughs> yeah. See, that's how I am. And then I give myself way too much, uh, way too much <laughs> permission to drink yep. out the pepper, a lot of cake. <laughs> oh yeah. So I, something um, that I've done here and, and I wouldn't, I usually do all my own process. Okay. Yeah, and, and this year I, I got that antelope, and I'm dropping the antelope off at my taxidermist, and and I he had he had mentioned to me that he was going to start doing some processing as yeah. well, and so I'm dropping this antelope off. And he goes, he goes, uh, hey, he said, I know you do your own processing usually. He said, but you know if you ever want me to do anything for you or whatever, he said I'm doing it now, and I said, oh okay, that's cool. And he goes, uh, he goes, yeah, I got a bunch of different kinds of breakfast sausage that I make. And I said, man, you know what? I've never processed an antelope. Um, I don't. I mean, I could, I could just try some different things. But what do you have? So he gave me this list, and I ended up getting him to do the whole antelope, other than the back straps and tenderloin. Yeah. In breakfast sausage. And he did it in uh, high-temp cheese, green chili, and sour cream. Oh, my gosh. Bro, I'm going to tell you right now. And I can make some pretty good sausage, you know. I got the... Oh, got yeah, you're Cajun, Cajun, man. Yeah, I got enough of the Cajun. Bro, let me tell you something. This stuff, it blowed my sausage so far out of the water. I mean... This is probably the best wild game breakfast sausage I have ever eaten. Dang. And so, bro, I don't know. I don't know uh, exactly. Maybe he's got something he's not telling me he's putting in it, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) A little Colombian Bam Bam mixed in there. (laughs) Yeah. It, It is so, so good. And I had never heard of mixing sour cream. No, never. All right. If you're not using Tacticam's reveal cell cameras on your hunting property for scouting or monitoring the wildlife, you are seriously missing out. When you pair that with the reveal mobile app, you can see the action as it's happening, no matter where you are. In fact, I've got trail cameras up in Wisconsin on the land that we hunt. And not only do I get pictures from those cameras sent to me, I can also track the progress of the camera, the battery life, how much memory is left on the SD card, and I can see what the weather's doing at the time that a picture is taken. So I can't think of a better tool for scouting whether it is close to home or in a totally different state. So if you want to stay tuned into the action or just get into the action, go to revealcellcam.com or tactcam.com and use code NOMADIC for 10% off at checkout. If you're an avid listener of this podcast, you've probably heard me talking about Infinite Outdoors in the past. Infinite Outdoors is expanding access for hunting and fishing on private land across the country. From whitetail hunts in Missouri to waterfowl hunts in Wyoming and pheasant hunts in Colorado, they provide access to over a million acres of private land listings for all types of hunting and fishing. Best part is, it's incredibly easy to browse and book properties all on the Infinite Outdoors app. The app is free to download and easy to use. All you have to do is sign up and you can browse over 250 different adventures across 10 states. Download the app today and use Nomadic 15 for 15% off your membership. All right, guys, I've got to tell you about some of the new XOP products that I've been using this fall. And some of them I use in kind of an unconventional way. First off, I use the Mondo Saddle, but I also use their Turkey Hunter Vest and I take the cold world stand, put it in the back of the vest, and carry it in that way. 
depending on how far I have to pack in, I'll just bring a foot platform. But one thing I've learned is that if I put the seat cushion on the underside of the seat and flip it up, it turns it into a knee pad also, or I can flip the seat down and sit on it like a conventional tree stand. I also use their holster kit clipped right onto my saddle to carry in my climbing sticks while keeping my hands free. If you're interested in getting a mobile hunting setup like mine, go to xopoutdoors.com and use code NOMADIC for 10% off at checkout. Man, people people who understand food and like how un, when they understand how to like pull all the flavors out of it, that's something that I dude, I'm so bad. I can't cook. I can't <laughs> like I am not good at any of that stuff. But then you do eat you eat a food and you're just like this is on a different level. Like there's good and then there's like what have you done to this to make it taste like this? Oh. I had a so we used to live on this guy's property. He was actually on the podcast. I went up to Alaska with him and his son uh, several years ago, and we had pigs on the property. We would butcher our own pigs. He would give me all kinds of bacon and sausage and everything. Well, he ended up going up to Canada, I think, and shooting a whitetail. And then he took homegrown jalapenos from the garden right behind our house. He took uh, pork fat from from the pigs that we butchered and then that venison and then he put in low temp cheese with it and he's like this is my first take ever on summer sausage and i kid oh, you wow it was the best summer sausage i've ever had i brought it to all oh. he gave me some and i wish i wouldn't have i wish i wouldn't have shared it with anybody because it would have <laughs> been for me but I brought it to guys night and I'm like, guys, you got to try this. This is unlike anything I've ever had. And he's like, oh yeah, I think I'm going to tweak some stuff. And I'm like, don't tweak anything. This is like (laughs) whatever you did, go back to that same place in Canada and shoot a whitetail there, you know, keep some of that fat from the pig. Like whatever you have to do, don't change a thing because it was so good. And then on the flip side, I've had some, my deer that I got from, not this season, but the season before up in Wisconsin. Drop that thing Not off good. at a tax or at a processor. I've never paid for all of these different things, man. I got bologna and summer sausage and breakfast sausage and brats and hot dogs and you name it. I bacon. I mean, literally everything. Some of the worst venison I've ever had. I haven't found any packet that's been like good that I would good. crave. And I'm just like, Great. Well, that is two whole deer. I shot a buck and a doe up there, and I'm like, I got both of them done the same way, and they are just not good. Oh man, that's yeah, that's a bummer there, man. You kind of you kind of just put that X mark on that. <laughs> just that delete concept. that. I'm just gonna go leave a bad review on Google. It just <laughs> it wasn't good. But what's funny is. They're, I mean, I think they send it, I mean, they do all like the cutting up and stuff, but then when they have the specialty deals, I think they send it somewhere to have all of that done and they're like the initial processor. And so I don't know that it's necessarily their thing because they're really awesome. I mean, like when I go in there and talk to them, my mom, she goes in and I'm blown away by how many people don't want the antlers from their bucks. We went there. She's like. Every time I go to my mom, she's got a box of like skull caps and antlers from bucks from this processor. And I'm like, where do you get all these? She's like, oh, it's these people. So when I went and took my deer there, she's like, hey, ask if they have any leftovers or have any that people didn't want. And there's some that are nice eight point whitetails. And then there's a ton of like spikes and forks and all this different stuff. Well, my mom wanted yeah. to start doing like antler jewelry and rings and she bought all these tools for it. And so she's been doing that. And I'm like, you mean to tell me that probably every processor has people like this that drop off animals and don't want, to keep, don't want to keep the heads? I'm like, yep. dude, I would make a I would make a whole throwaway wall. And just Euro, I mean, take take all of these heads to some dude with beetles and just yeah. I, I told I told my mom, I was like, how cool would it be to have like a single spike 
a double spike, a three point, four point, and just all the way up from one to as many points as you can get and just have a That'd whole wall. I think about that That'd stuff. I'm like, cool. dude, I'm gonna have a sick man cave one day and <laughs> I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go out like, hey, this year guys, I don't have a three point yet. I really want a three point, you know, like yeah. I'm not gonna be that guy. But I think it would be cool to have a wall like one through twenty. Well, we had um, a uh, native guy. He's a um, he's a Southern youth guy, and him and my son are friends. And he called he called my son one day and says, uh, he goes, "Hey man, I just just shot a deer, just shot a nice buck." And uh, he said, "I was wondering if you would want, you know, the meat. I don't want it." And so my son's like, "Well, he was still living at home then." He goes. Dad, you know, you want this deal? I'm like, well, I mean, I don't want it to waste, you know? Yeah. So he goes, well, the guy said he'll bring it to our house. Well, sure enough, I mean, it wasn't just a little bit. and It was really cold. He showed up. Big, I mean, this buck is in the mid-170s, maybe 178, close to 180. Jeez. And, bro, he pulled that deer out of the back of the truck. We hung it up. It was snowing and stuff, so we hung it up. We was going to clean it the next morning and i said you want me to go ahead and uh you know are you gonna tape him out or you want to skull cap him or oh he said man i don't want this. i don't even want them horns i'm like what and so the next day we uh you know we cleaned that deer and we cat we skull capped him and um i told i told my son i said he'll probably you know after he thinks about it, he'll want those horns. I said, so, yeah. you know, just take them to him or whatever. And my son tried to take them to him. He goes, nah, man, I don't want them. They're, they're still in my garage. They're in my garage right now. What? Yeah, just never, just never. Some got them, didn't want them. So, uh, hold on. So he initially didn't want the meat, but then he didn't want any yeah. of the animal at all? No. And let me tell you, here's what the deal is, bro. So the natives here, um, uh, so I know I know a lot of the natives. There's there's uh, southern Utes, there's mountain Utes, there are uh, Navajos, Sunnis, and so the the southern Utes in particular, they get uh, without even they don't have to put in you know for the draw none of that stuff. They get a bug tag for the for the reservation and a bug tag. For the national forest, they get a doe tag for reservation, doe tag for national forest, full tag for the reservation, full tag for the national forest. All of the species they get one for each, bro. What? And then their whole family will get these tags. All they got to do is just go down and get them. And so they kill so many deer. It's got to be something really special for them to keep it. Dude, you need to tell him, listen, if you know anybody else that doesn't want their deer, you just let me know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they, I mean, he, he, uh, and he told my son, you know, yeah, any of this you want, you know, I'll just give it to you. So he just hunts them for the fun of it because he has a tag, but he's not interested yeah. in keeping the meat or the yeah, animals. Some of them are weird about, you know, like they think a buck is going to taste bad or whatever. Well, that's very few times that I ever have a buck taste bad. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, I hear that all the time and I'm like, it might take a little bit extra preparation to get it to taste like something else. You know, there's definitely, yeah. I'm not saying there's no difference with it. But it's like you can do things to minimize that difference in flavor. For sure. For sure. Your marinades, your marinades mean everything, you know. And yeah. um, which we always now I don't know how you guys do whitetails, um, in Missouri and, and then with Wisconsin, but like in the south, because it was so warm all the time, we would immediately quarter our deer up and put them in a cooler and then ice them down. Yeah. So, so if you would just like ice, ice a whitetail down and then change the ice out for about three days, bro, they're not going to be any bad days. Yeah. No, I like, 
I really am a big fan of letting animals hang as long as yeah. you po- as long as you can without spoiling meat. You know, like yep. I'm not saying don't gut them. I'm saying like you get them gutted, you open up the chest cavity, you leave them hang as long as you want to because really yep. once that chest cavity is open, once that membrane is on there where it's going to keep bacteria yep. out of the meat, you can leave That's them right. hang for a long time and people people called my bluff on it. But in Wisconsin, I mean, it might be seven, eight, nine days that a deer's hanging. And it's cold yeah. enough out to where it will. It might be completely frozen. Uh, sure. And then I called my buddy Brad's bluff on it when it came to waterfowl. And he's like, dude, I found this European technique where you literally hang the ducks and the geese by their head. And you don't process them until their body starts to detach from their head. And I'm like what are you talking about a couple of years ago we killed two geese we let them hang and it was almost a full month before we cut those things out the breasts out of them and it was the craziest thing like you could smell it you to pull them out and he's like smell this and i'm like dude that's going to be rancid and he's like no i'm telling you and you smell it and it's like a sweet nutty smell to it and he's like these Brilliant. ducks and geese will be the best birds you've ever eaten. And I'm like, what the heck, man? And he's like, dude, it's a big <laughs> thing. I mean, like you just, you just dry age them, you hang age them. You don't have to do anything. He didn't, he didn't gut them or anything. I mean, literally the whole bird, you just leave them on the lanyard, hung by the head, hang it on a nail in the garage and just let them hang. And he doesn't, he won't, he won't breast out a bird. No, he won't breast out a bird the day of ever. You you won't get that guy to breast. Really? He's like, I will never eat a duck a different way. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. But there's all those things. I mean, it's kind of like with the podcast, man. I like talking to different people about different types of hunts, things that I've never done. But as I find out more and more yeah. about the culinary side of it, because dude, you asked about Wisconsin, how we did it there. Yeah. We we would get our deer processed or we'd cut it up ourselves. I can I can tell you 90% of the deer that I ate growing up from the time I was a kid until I was out of high school was extra well done venison medallions. And we used to dip those suckers in ketchup. Like that's <laughs> what I grew I mean, that's just like I I was a kid. This is how we cook them, yeah. you know? And now yeah. it's like, man, I cook them as rare as rare gets. You know, it's, I've definitely changed the way of doing that. But I do remember in college one time, my brother and I made some backstraps and I love teriyaki. I love like teriyaki chicken, teriyaki yeah. rice, teriyaki beef, whatever. And so we cooked up these, this venison and I dipped it in teriyaki. For whatever reason, it did not go together at all. And I'm sure there's a way that I prepared it that was bad. I don't know if maybe my brother cooked them a little long or what, but I was like, this is, I will never eat venison and teriyaki again, but I'm sure there's really? something different I need to change. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so I started doing something this year and it's one of those things you just try, but then you find out it really, really works, you know? Yeah. Um, my my daughter loves uh Frank's buffalo sauce. Hmm. Are you familiar with that? No, like I don't. Like no, a, I'm not sure. Like a wing I, sauce. I don't. I don't like buffalo sauce. Like buffalo sauce okay. for whatever reason, not a fan of. But Frank's okay, buffalo. So, so here's what I done. I one of my favorite marinades is just straight. This is the Louisiana thing, but it's just straight Worcestershire sauce. Yeah, one of my favorite marinades. So I started mixing just as a marinade. I started mixing about 25% Frank's Buffalo sauce with Worcestershire sauce. And there's something about the um, acidity of the Frank's sauce yeah. that tenderizes the meat and really just breaks it down. And then your Worcestershire can really, really get in there. And, bro, for whatever reason, man, it has become one of my favorite marinades this year. Dang. That's good to know. 
and you don't get the you don't get the buffalo sauce, you know. Like yeah, the flavor. You're using it it to break it down. Yeah, man, that's one thing with the carnivore diet, man. I'm gonna have to learn how to cook meat exactly because I eat so much bread. I mean, like people who are gluten intolerant, I'm like, dude, I couldn't. I mean, I, I would just die. Like I would. I would commit food suicide because I would eat so much gluten. Oh, anyways. Um, but I'm like, dude, I'm going to have to get creative because looking at it, my, we were at the grocery store and I'm like, I haven't really looked super deep into it until we were at the grocery store and we were buying some stuff. And she's like, so what all can you have with it? And I looked it up and it was basically like meat, eggs, and that's really it. Like fish, meat, yeah. and eggs. And I'm yeah. like, hold on. So I'm thinking the whole time, I'm like, dude, I can have dairy. And it's like, no, you're not even supposed to have dairy. It's yeah. like. No cheese. No cheese. And I'm like, dude, I'm from Wisconsin, man. Like, that's uh, not no, work. <laughs> So what I, I might do, do instead of a carnivore diet, you know how there's like vegan and there's vegetarian? Like, yeah. vegetarians, they won't eat like meat but they might eat animal products and yeah vegans won't eat any of it i'm like is there that for the carnivore diet where it's like i'll eat just any animal products but just yeah. no vegetables you know what i mean yeah like yeah because I, I do that, want some cheese man oh i know mm, i'd be a tough one bro with no cheese yeah, so I think I'm just going to make up my own carnivore diet. Because I'm like, dude, Burger. even ground burger just with cheese mixed in, that's a meal. Like, Oh, it dude, is. Just like a, oh man, like a cheesy beef slider without a bun. I would down that. Oh. I would shovel that stuff in. Or like a queso dip. For sure. Dude, I could just sit yeah. there a queso dip by the spoonful. Oh, I just made one the other day with elk ground out oh. we had so we had one of my buddies place last year this is turning into a food podcast now but uh <laughs> we had one at my buddy's place last year Move this over meat eater. dude for real <laughs> <laughs> this this joker brought a huge tray of smoked queso right oh and dude it was so i mean it had that like Crust on top of it, just like liquid melty cheese, full of peppers and and beef and I mean you name it. And then they also had chili there. They had baked beans. They had hot dogs. And so I got this brilliant idea where I took a hot dog and we had like the little trays, you know, that you get at a fair, like the the hot dog boats. And oh I put God. two hot dogs in that thing in buns. And just covered it with that smoked queso, covered it with baked beans, and then covered it with chili. I swear that was one of the greatest meals I've ever had in my life. You know how things just taste better when you get off the mountain and you go and have a real meal? It was like that times 10. And I'm like, I got to have this. This needs to be in my life more often. You're like, somebody needs to put this on the menu somewhere. Oh, dude, it was so – I mean, <laughs> and you could definitely feel your heart slowly coming to a stop while you ate it, but it yeah. was so good. <laughs> your, your blood just thickening up. Just... <laughs> it really – you're sweating cheese. I mean, yeah, it was, it was worth it, though. I'm like, if I die 10 years sooner, but I get to eat things like that, it might be worth it. Might be worth the trade. Yeah. Well, dude, I don't want to take up all your time. I know my wife is probably waiting outside the door for her shot. She, it's like a timed thing every night. It's got to be in this certain time window. So I got to get and do that. But for real, man, let's plan something. Cause I would love to get back down there, hang out, do some, do some shed hunting. Um, and if, if we feel like we might need it, I'll bring the side by side down. Man, that would be awesome. You know what that country's like. We oh, yeah. get around so much better with that side-by-side. Well, and those so, jokers that joined us for the day, they just drove the side-by-side and found sheds immediately. I'm like, maybe that's bro, the ticket. Oh, uh, well, and and uh, 
there's just a lot of that country that it would take you, you know, hours to drive in. You yeah. can get there quick in a side by side. Yep. So yeah. um, maybe I'll plan on that. I'll bring Chris down. Heck, if we have enough guys, we'll just bring both side by sides down and we'll just rip around awesome. and pick up sheds. Oh, it'd be so much fun. Well, you know that invitation is open, brother. Good deal. Well, uh, we'll stay in touch. We'll get we'll get a date on the books and we'll make it happen. Well, as always, man, I enjoyed the enjoyed the chat and uh, appreciate the time. Yes, sir. Hey, before we hop off, where can people find you? Where can they go check out your videos? Because you've got a ton of videos up this year. I noticed yeah. it. It just seemed like a whole pile of them. Uh, going all the way back to the shed hunt and then obviously some before that. So where can they find all that? Yeah, so um, they can find me on YouTube at Ramsack. That's R-A-M-S-A-C-K, Ramsack Nation. Uh, there's over 100 videos uh, that we've got on on our YouTube page. Everything from hog hunting, deer hunting, elk hunting, turkey hunting, duck hunting, shed hunting, all of that good stuff. And then... um. Uh, Instagram and Facebook at Remstack Nation. Sweet, man. Everybody go check it out and uh, stay tuned for another YouTube episode of us shed hunting together. That's right. Thanks, Dan.